1: Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. Today's episode of Locked On Warriors is brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting low-carb protein bar I've ever had. The promo code locked On gets you $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. I'm here with Conor Letourneau from the San Francisco Chronicle and Peter Curtinbach from the Mercury News. There's a few things I wanted to talk to you guys about, including some of the ways that media will change after this pandemic and your thoughts on California reopening. But I want to start here. As we talk about the NBA possibly resuming play in the regular season, this may seem like a strange question to a lot of people, but do you even want the regular season to come back at this point? Dieter, I want to start with you.
0: Uh, For the Warriors, no. Uh, God knows that even though we could – fool ourselves into thinking that there's some fun stuff to watch at the end of the year seeing a bunch of guys coming back out of shape after weeks months of of eating whatever they want and smoking whatever they want and all that jazz i, I don't know if that's going to be good basketball on the the threshold that the warriors didn't exactly play good basketball beforehand i don't think we need to bring steph curry back you don't need to trot out draymond green again so on the warriors stance no for The rest of the NBA, I I, I would like to see some sort of maybe a modified regular season, maybe just call it an expansion of the playoffs where any team that had a realistic chance, you know, like better than 15, 20 percent chance of making the playoffs with the 15 to 20 games that they had remaining, that they get an opportunity, whether through, you know, a shortened regular season or like a play in tournament or something like that. But as for like the regular schedule and playing out the rest of the games, I think it's just it's just silly, especially if you're going to do it at a neutral site.
1: Yeah, Connor, I agree. You, with, do you want the season to go? Okay, go ahead.
2: I agree with Dieter about the Warriors. I, I definitely don't see any reason for the Warriors to have to play any more meaningless games. They're the worst team in the NBA. They have they're already eliminated from the playoffs. Just let them enjoy their off season. Steve Kerr has already said that they're proceeding as if this was their offseason, which was a minor controversy, but I completely understood where he was coming from. Um, there's there's really no need to play any more games. Um, for the rest of the league, I might be this might be an unpopular opinion, but I personally think the league just needs to wave the white flag and not mm. have a playoff. I know that they're going to do everything they can in their power to make that happen completely understandably. A lot of money is on the line here. I just don't think it's worth... The risk. I mean, you're the big. The big question to me is: you need at least fifteen thousand coronavirus tests to make this happen. Uh, the league has said that, and given where our testing is right now, I don't see how that's fair to anyone or, or possible testing thousands of asymptomatic people. And, and even if you do that, and you're ma- you're able to make that happen, you know, this is the type of thing that could be called off with something as minor as one or two. You know, current positive coronavirus tests the likelihood of this happening feels so low even even on a, in a diluted way you know the best case scenario is a really makeshift playoff series with, with three or four game playoff series in it, for a championship that would feel tainted anyway so I feel like they need to wave the white flag and just try to start next season on time which at this point feels like that might not even happen at this point either. So uh, I totally is what they should do.
0: Totally get where you're coming from on that. And I understand, but like, I I, I'm kind of tired of the notion of external forces being like, it's wrong for the NBA to come back. Like they have billions of dollars on the line. And if the NBA NBA player association decides that it's too much to go back, if they don't want to take that risk, that's their prerogative. That's the most powerful Player organization in modern professional sports, and perhaps in the history of professional sports, the players run the league. Uh, they might not get all the revenue, but they run the league. But, so,
2: but dear, when you say external forces, you're talking about public health officials. <laughs> you're talking about people no, safe.
0: W- w- sure, but that, if you're you're not allowed to take risk, you're not allowed to to push it. Like, what what's the downside? I mean, it, it, there are states, there are plenty of places around the country. That say it's totally fine. I went to Target today. I wore a mask like there's stuff that's normal, all things considered. And if, if the NBA thinks that they can put this on, why are we trying to stop them?
2: I mean, at the end of the day, there's a reason why we do have government. There's a reason why we do have these organizations uh, who do have the ultimate power. If if, you know, the federal government tells the NBA you cannot restart. They're not going to be able to restart. All their plans are going to go out the window. They're going to lose all that money. I, 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 I don't think that's, that's
1: not true. That's not true. Going, it doesn't feel like the NBA is going in that direction either, though. They are from everything that Adam Silver was saying that they're they're going to follow the their health. God, they're not going to break health guidelines and rules they're not going to force this the only thing that they're going to they may do is find some sort of bubble city to play and maybe that's disney world because florida is just saying you know it's screw it let's open up everything but if that's the case if they could find a way to do it safely i i i'm not i go back and forth with this i don't really care for the regular season and to be honest i haven't really missed basketball that much and i, I no. it's basically my job i've missed it to the point where i like hope it comes back just for my own well-being uh, as far as job security goes. But as far as the the day-to-day just watching of basketball, I really haven't missed it all that much, and it's not just because the Warriors sucked. I've found other ways to entertain myself, whether it be you know watching some new shows or listening to old albums or whatever it might be. But I, I, I do want to kind of get back to this money thing that Dieter talked about um, in front of just these soothing tones of the island of Alameda, um, <laughs> which I've really been enjoying so far on the show. But... Uh, The idea that money is the driving force, I do believe that that's true. It's the number one yeah. thing. But I also don't know that there is another thing that is driving the NBA. Everybody keeps saying, well, oh. the, the money is the number one reason they would come back. I would venture to say it is the only reason they would come back. And this whole idea that they keep saying, right. like, well, we need this for – People need an escape, blah, blah, blah. Like I just said, I don't need it for an escape, and people will deal with it. Let's just get rid of that. The reason is the money. And it's an okay reason, but let's just be uh, let's be upfront with it. 10,000%. And so I find it so interesting, this
0: dichotomy that the NBA has to live with, because it's established itself over the last five, six, seven years as the socially conscious league, right? And it never wants to take a wrong step as to what the popular PR move seems to be at the time. And that is in direct conflict with the business because until there's a vaccine, anything you do will be a risk. And at some point we're just going to have to acknowledge this. It's just something that it doesn't seem to be part of the collective consciousness. Like either there's a vaccine that shows up and that could be Christmas. That could be next this time next year. That could be never legitimately never. Never. Or we're all just going to have to get it right because it's going to have to just work its way through the population. We can't we could stay inside for the rest of time, but then the NBA is not going to exist anymore. Pretty much everything that we normally know about life isn't going to exist anymore. And if that's what we want to do, that that's fine. There are some people who seem very okay with that. The NBA clearly cannot be okay with that because they're losing money hand over fist currently. They're trying to salvage whatever it is. I would almost go the route of Connor at this juncture and say, "Okay, you it, it, if we can't come back, right? Let's just call it. No playoffs, nothing. And let's make sure that we take the time between now and the beginning of next regular season to make sure that we have fans in the stands, whatever it is we can do. But it doesn't seem like with a with without a vaccine or an extremely cheap and highly effective treatment that it's going to be possible for fans in the stands until there's the vaccine. So it's like you have you at some point you just have to take a leap of faith and have your ducks in a row to where you can handle it. And um, I I do find it just so very interesting as the NFL is projecting at least positivity like, hey, it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. They can pivot, but pretend as if it's going to happen and pivot. Uh, Major League Baseball is trying to come back. They're going to have a plan in the next couple of days. You're seeing the Bundesliga coming back in Germany, who's clearly handled the situation better than us. You've already seen Korean baseball come back because they handled the situation better than us, even though we both got our first cases at the exact same time. Like, you're seeing leagues come back. Some of them have a stronger financial impetus to do so because they were damn near broke before this thing happened. So they definitely have to come back. But the NBA is not special. They can't just pretend as if they can go away for two years and that they'll be able to come back in any way, shape or form, or that they'll still have even remotely close to the relevance that they once had if they fall out of the public consciousness. So uh, I, I just, It's fascinating because Adam Silver wants to be both. And I just don't think you can be both. You either have to protect the business or you have to protect your PR. And right now, those two things are divergent. And because he has chosen PR every single time up until this point, whereas every other sports league commissioner chooses the business side of things, even if that decision isn't popular. I, do, I question very significantly if the NBA is going to be able to handle this correctly. I think their priorities might be in the wrong place as a business, and it is first and foremost a
2: business. Let me, let me just say one Go more ahead. thing about that. The, the, the thing that's tricky right now is just the uncertainty. No one can plan right. their lives. No one can make any sort of arrangements personally or professionally because everything is up in the air. What right. I would like to see from the NBA sometime in the next month or two is just a plan. Like, come right. out and say, this is what we want to do. This is what we're trying to do explicitly. Mm-hmm. Lay it out. You know, I kind of respect for baseball for leaking these these plans that they have and, like, putting it out there so that people who are involved in those organizations can try to plan ahead and think, right. okay, well, sometime this next month we're going to be
1: going right, to Arizona and this or is,
0: doing whatever. What's the worst that can happen? Plans change? Everybody's plans. We're getting really good at changing plans right now. <laughs>
1: Right. This is why the war This is why Steve Kerr basically came out and said we're 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 acting like this is the off season. We're in off season mode cuz they don't know what is going to happen and obviously they're eliminated from the playoffs so they're in a I guess in a weird way a fortunate position uh, yeah. where they can just say you know screw it we're in off season mode <laughs> even if they do come back here's here's Jordan Poole for six games have fun. Right. But summer I, summer league 1.0 I I do I here's the thing I grapple with I know I just said that I don't miss the regular season games. I will miss the playoffs. And I will miss the result. And I, I, as far as the business versus the PR thing, I think the three of us here kind of understand what's going on as far as the NBA needing to put a plan together. But I, I, I have this feeling that the 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 more time goes on, the more people are going to want stuff to watch. Like we see how big the Last Dance is. We see how like all these replays are doing ratings wise. It's not bad. Uh, you know, all things considered. And I I do think the rest of America might just be like, just give us basketball, even if it's at Disney World. If they if they just if they have to play 48 minutes on Splash Mountain, just do it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, it's and, and I I wonder if well, you can almost balance the PR thing with with the business thing there. And just personally, yeah. one last thing. I can't live with an uh, I, I don't think I could I, I don't think I can handle a non-result season like I, I can't handle a championship not being crowned here. I don't yeah. even care if it's a little bit tainted. We've had tainted championships in the past, and we just forget about it. I just think somebody needs to win. I, I, I agree with you 100%
0: on the last point there, Wes, but going back to the first point where it, people will forget about it. I mean, there is so much content, right? If you don't miss the regular season now, and yes, we'll miss the playoffs in theory, and, and we might even miss the playoffs even if we get some sort of a playoffs. If you disappear you are no longer relevant. You have to win back so much. And clearly, this is what Major League Baseball is trying to do. They're trying to win back market share, win back relevance by being first to market or first back to market. And it's a good plan um, because at some point, again, you're going to have to take a leap of faith. There is no safe option. There is no clear cut, obvious option. Everybody is going to have to mitigate risk and underwrite stuff here. And let's not underestimate the amount of legal liability that these leagues and these teams have in regards to all of this as well. But when you're not going to be able to bring in fans in the state of California and the state of Washington, in variety, in the state of Illinois, probably the state of New York, if you're not going to be able to bring in fans for at least the year 2020, you need to start making some damn money because there are bills that right. need to be paid and television for the NFL mostly, but even the NBA cre- <laughs> creates a tremendous amount of money. You lose that. Now you have the chance that you lose your TV partners or they're going to undercut you on price. The, the notion that they would start next year's regular season in December creates a whole litany of problems, not just for, you know, the playoff teams every it's for the lower level teams as well. The Warriors will be fine no matter what they got money coming out of their ears, but you're talking about, you know, to cite Michael Jordan, the Charlotte Hornets or the Memphis Grizzlies, they need all 82 games. They're going to fight for all 82 games this year, next year, every year. So now the NBA is going to undergo radical changes as to fit in a playoffs here or there. I mean, they just, they, Connor is 100% right. They need to come up with a damn plan, say this is what we're planning, this is what we're hoping, we've seen. We've had enough time to kind of get a read on this thing, understanding that we will never understand this thing in full, and when we do, clearly it will be safe to go about our lives by then or not, right. but we need to come up with a plan, here is a date of action, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least we got wheels turning in motion and right now it seems that the only wheels are turning are the one in adam silver's head trying to bounce being woke or trying to protect the 30 owners of the nba teams legitimately that seems to be the main issue and the players are pushing back because he hasn't come out strongly enough with a plan this is his league as much as the players run it this is his league he calls the shots and he needs to find out if people are going to get in line or banter and and bitch about stuff and it's like someone has to put a foot down because indecision at this time is going to cost the league and i'm not being hyperbolic here even though i certainly can be (laughs) it's going to cost the league billions of dollars and it's going to put their entire position in jeopardy if they don't come up with something anything because washing around and hoping that everything's a-okay in a month hasn't worked out for anybody since this bad boy started
1: and i think part of this too is the fact that unlike the unlike major league baseball and the nfl the nba had its season paused right and mm-hmm. it was in the middle of its season unlike For those sure. other sports and i think that was definitely part of it but in an easy way I, this whole idea of and just to bring it back to the original question that we started the segment with just scrap the regular season i know mm-hmm. i get it i know that we've that you're trying to protect all 30 owners and not just 16 of them i get it figure it out because it's ridiculous this idea of trying to start this regular season. It's insane. There's no freaking way it happens. Uh, let alone the
0: playoffs. Especially when you have, let, let's be honest, you just look at seeds six, seven, and eight. Historically, they have no chance of winning a title. So it's a hard decision. Yeah, it's like it's, it's tough like to say. sorry,
1: New Orleans. Sorry, yeah. Portland. Like it sucks. It's sorry, San Antonio. It sucks. Sorry. but you know yeah, what? Sorry. All of this beyond sucks. that. Beyond that, sorry, Memphis,
0: eight seed, but you weren't going to win a title. Okay, it's tough to say because theoretically you had a chance because you were going to be in the tournament, but you weren't going to win a title. So you're out and we're just going to not we're going to pretend as if you weren't there in the first place. And it sucks. And we'll throw you some extra cash on the back end to make it all better. But like. The, the, the NBA needs to start making some damn hard decisions. I don't know if Tillman Fertitta has to be in charge and give him some harsh business <laughs> truths here, but like what what are we doing? We're just going to wander around until it's the middle of June and now every now the entire next season gets thrown into the balance because well, LeBron, you know, needs 3 months off after every season and he gets what he wants. Like right we're at the point where you need to make a decision in the next 2 weeks or you got nothing or you throw everything right. into the fire. Yeah. And it will probably just all burn up. So um,
1: Adam Silver. And, there, and this, uh, th- there's, there's going to be no fans in arenas this year. I think that that's Period. the Period. obvious. It's just, and just say, just 2021, we'll think about it. Right now, yep. 2020, just write it off. We'll have more here on Locked On Warriors, but first. The world of protein bars is being rebuilt by Built Bar. This is the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. A protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate. It's delicious. With 16 amazing flavors, Built Bar tastes like a candy bar while delivering fewer sugars and carbs, making it better tasting and better for you than any of the competitors. With delicious flavors like mint brownie, raspberry chocolate cream, and toffee almond, Built Bar is like a cheat code for health-conscious men and women everywhere. These bars are low-calorie and low-sugar while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for ketogenic and other low-carb diets. For me, I go back and forth between keto and low-carb diets, and no matter what my healthy eating pattern, Built Bar is perfect for me. One of my personal favorite flavors, by the way, peanut butter brownie, is packed with 20 grams of protein with just 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and just 3 net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com.
0: Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy
1: carton of crispy, golden goodness. Bada ma Connor. It- from, from you and I, from a beat writer's perspective, we need access. We need to be—I uh, don't know that a lot of listeners agree with this, but you and I certainly <laughs> know this. Uh, we need to be there after practice. We need to be in locker rooms. We need to be talking to these players. All oftentimes, these happen in scrums, and we talk a lot in front of these guys, like in front of these guys in front of their lockers. How do you think things change even after look, everything returns to normal as far as the the virus is not taking over our country anymore, right? The vaccine is out. Immunity has built up. We've th- we're through all the phases. We're reopening the economy, et cetera, right? We we saw how quickly they kicked us out of locker rooms, Connor. How do you <laughs> think this is going to change our job?
2: That's yeah, a, it's a really good question. Um, my, my guess would be that they're going to try to do whatever. They can to get us some sort of access. Uh, I would think that even if they have a bubble in Vegas or, or wherever they end up doing it,
1: that media would still be no. no, no I'm talking, allowed to. I'm talking about. I'm talking about after all this stuff. Just when the when we have a regular regular season, no bubbles, we're back in cities. Fans are al- eventually allowed back in. I'm talking about complete normalcy. But I do think, and and I'm you know I'm going to stop beating around the bush. Connor, we know that they were trying the NBA. Was moving to take us out of pregame locker rooms. We know that they were trying to do that. Mm-hmm. They are. They will use this excuse. I think. Do you, well, let me ask you. Do you think that they would use this as a way to get us out? And do you think they should? Do you think they ought to take us out of those locker rooms, all health things considered?
2: It's so hard to say right now because it's given how much this is evolving, how fluid the situation is. I have no idea where we're going to be in four or five months. Um, Which you know, I think there's a very good chance we're not covering another NBA game until at least October, maybe December, uh, maybe even later than that. So uh, a lot can change between now and then. I do think that things are going to be different now. Does that mean we have no access to the locker room? I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I do think they're gonna they're gonna take steps to, uh, you know, at least have the appearance of of having change their their priorities and change how they go about things you know i know i've talked to rick welts and those guys and they've said that they're already fashioning plans and how they're going to set up different you know cleaning stations in the arena and you know all that kind of stuff for fans and you know reporters aren't going to be precluded from that
1: yeah and the ptsd here is going to be real right even after Mm -hmm. things eventually and so i guess my question to both of you would be would would either of you even be comfortable in a scrum these days? Especially when the Warriors get back to scrum levels that they were at, right? Uh when Steph yes. and Clay and Draymond are the <laughs> Scrums
2: get. are already a nasty thing. So Yeah,
1: right. Uh yeah, I was never comfortable in Scrums.
0: But like let, let's let's well, be very let's be very real about something right now. Um whenever the NBA comes back, we're gonna be wearing masks. That that's just I don't know if there'll be fans in the arena or not, but there is no circumstance where there are just people with bare mouths hanging around anymore.
1: So I hated scrums in the first place from just a hygiene perspective. I don't like, I, I almost, and I don't love the press conference setting because I do think you get different answers in a scrum versus a press conference setting. Um, But it would not shock me if we moved to almost all press conference settings for a while, I don't know exactly how it would work. I know that like Steve Kerr on the road, for example, loves to ju- and all, all coaches on the road just love to pop out of their locker room, st- lean up against a wall, and then you got a scrum in front of them. But maybe now Steve Kerr has to take the walk to the press conference room, right? Maybe yeah. like this is the little differences that again the listeners to this show don't care about because they don't care about how many miles we're logging on our on our Fitbits, but they do care about the quotes that they're getting and I will say this the quotes are different press conference versus scrum the the questions that are lobbed at these people are different press conference versus scrum the bigger concern is not having access to
0: players one on one without media relations coordinating correct that's my big that's right. concern and so you talk about locker room access okay pre game there are plenty of guys who just refuse to talk pregame. There are some guys who are... are, I don't spend a lot of time in the pregame, but I've heard tell uh, that there are plenty of guys who will give you good stuff pregame. And there are plenty of people who make a living, basically, off of pregame access. But the postgame stuff and the hallway stuff and uh, all the stuff that I really enjoyed at Oracle Arena in the just bumping into people and having a slight conversation and walking down a hallway sort of thing that's been kind of taken out at Chase Center because everything is so tranched and separated. Um, That's the stuff that I'm really concerned is going to go away. And so I I think that you're spot on with your assessment. Whatever we were doing just before, right, those couple of games at Chase Center just before uh, everything got shut down, I imagine that will be protocol coming out the back end. And um, it's going to be really difficult. Once you take something away, it's hard to get it back. And I know that the NBA and every professional sports league said, oh, well, you know, we'll we'll bring it back. We'll bring back all this access that we've taken away. And I was glad that there were very prominent folks in our industry who were like, yeah, no, there's no there's no way you're giving it back and we're going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that this doesn't happen. It didn't. uh, It was probably the right thing to do at the time, but um, for, for us and, you know, not to get too inside journalism here, though we might be past that point, like for us in our profession, we have to be on the leagues and the teams like a dog on a damn bone. Once we do have a vaccine to get back the access that we once had because they're not just going to grant it. They don't. they didn't like it in the damn first place. So right. they're not in control. Um, so, uh, that that's going to be a really interesting little battle. I, I very much look forward to it. Uh, so it's a little bit of a battle for the soul of the whole thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh Robbins, the head of the PBWA is going to be a busy man uh, when we get back at this. Uh, I can already see those emails talking about access. The big, the big thing to me is obviously, like like Dieter touched upon, having one-on-one access. I think we are going to have one-on-one access, but it's going to be structured, right? It's going to yeah. be formally asking the Ray Ritters of the world, hey, uh, can I get a one-on-one after practice with this guy? Which, you know, is a huge part of our job, but also it helps right. when you can pull aside a guy before uh, before a game or after a shoot-around or something. And I don't right. see that happen
0: any losing, losing yeah i mean the, we lose losing the ability to shoot the shit is a real problem for me because i'm not very good in any other environment so um yeah i'm, I'm concerned.
1: right no i and look this is when when the pr director pulls the player aside before he pulls that player aside and 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 walks him to the reporter and sets up the little chairs in the corner of the practice court uh yeah. that player is coached okay mm-hmm. And so losing that ability and this, again, like just uh, this is how the sausage is made, folks, Uh, kind of not not disarming the player necessarily, but just getting the player in a real moment versus a staged moment makes all the difference in the world as far as the reporting that we can provide. And if this goes away, I don't know that our our consumers of our content will notice it right away. And look, we work. We all work in the newspaper business. I don't know how many of people listening to this podcast subscribe to the Merck or the, or the San Francisco Chronicle. I don't. I would venture it's a minority of the listeners to this podcast right now. And maybe they get a lot of their stuff from aggregation sites. But eventually the content that those aggregation <laughs> sites subsist on is going to go away without the reporters doing the reporting. And yep. and ev- they're not going to notice it right away, but they're going to notice it eventually. And that's what I'm, co- I'm kind of getting at where it's just going to end up being this – this i I'm, I'm concerned and i and I, I don't want i don't mean to be doomsday here and just trying to turn this coronavirus thing into you know the newspaper's problem but this whole idea <laughs> to what Connor said about like this idea that they're just going to bring give it back to us i think Dieter maybe you said it this idea that they're just going to give it back to us isn't the case because i don't think that's the case in anything like no. people are losing jobs unemployment is at a high since the highest since the great depression it's not like once this thing's over all those jobs are coming back it's not like this company that laid off 20 people when this is over is gonna rehire twenty people. They're gonna rehire maybe twelve people, ten people. Yeah. Right? We'll see. And, and so I think we're gonna see sort of this this small percentage coming back in uh, across all spectrums.
2: And I think that, you know, the average NBA fan or reader might not be totally aware of this, but the reason why that locker room access and and that type of time matters is not just to break news. You know, I think a lot of people will <laughs> assume, oh, that's when you get your sourcing and you, you break that news, which is true to an extent, but I think for for someone like for the three of us it it matters just in terms of getting a pulse on things you know talking to a guy you know casually or or a front office executive casually just about their family getting to know them on a personal level and then getting a pulse on the locker room dynamics you know what's going on behind the scenes maybe stuff that we can't even formally report but we can it can inform our analysis and can inform you know our our stories and i think that's something I lean on every single day when I'm writing an analysis pieces, even if I don't say, according to a league source, I'm, whatever my take is, is based off information I've gleaned from being around the team. And if I don't have that, I don't see how I can do my job at a high level. And just
1: absolutely, and from yeah. a from a and from a, just a very basic level, it integrates us. Right. Like being in that locker room makes us sort of not a part of the team, but a part of the (laughs) traveling circus, a part of just sort of what's happening there. And and it does sort of lay the foundation on that trust. Dieter, go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, there's also the issue of exclusivity, right? I mean, uh, if everybody's in the same press conference, what the hell do I need to be in the press conference for? And if I'm asking a question in the press conference, everyone gets the same answer. And so maybe I was thinking of something, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but every, you know, three or four years, I come up with a unique idea and I want to ask a question about it. I want to extrapolate that on my own. And it's like, so now everyone gets that. Now everyone gets you know, that, that right. thing, which, again, is, is more or less for a columnist like myself, uh, one of the things that should separate me from the pack. Um, I can analyze anything, but I also need to be projecting interesting new thoughts into the ecosystem. And um, I certainly want the expertise of basketball experts, players and coaches. But having to do that in a communal setting creates bad content. And what you're going to have is everybody being an aggregation site off of essentially, you know, two or three people asking questions because they need to be heard um, and and everybody getting the same answer and writing up the same damn thing. And there's only so many ways you can spin it and probably projecting more of themselves that needs to be projected onto whatever that quote is and what it means. And it's just going to create bad, uninteresting things. The MBA more than perhaps any other professional sports league in america is built off of personality and character you take that away and we're already seeing it being taken away time and time again but you take that thing all the way away from the media you're going to have a big problem on your hands in terms of the overall brand of the league i firmly believe that you can't go on uninterrupted or you know twitter or anything where these players are controlling their own message and good for them they have every right to do so and i'm glad they can make money off of it but that is a that is a Very nuanced, perfected public image, Mm -hmm. whereas having to deal with people on a personal one to one level, you get the actual person as opposed to something that some PR agency came up with. So um, we, we will get less of Draymond Green, love him or hate him. You need Draymond Green's real people saying real stuff whenever the hell they want, because who the hell is going to stop them? You need that. And the less pretense that can be put on it, the better. So I, I'm, I'm super concerned about it. And it applies to all sports, if we're being totally honest. Clubhouse it, access in baseball, NFL locker rooms. I, I'm screwed if I don't have NFL locker rooms. I, I got nothing.
2: The impact is pretty far reaching. Wes, I actually think of someone like yourself, because – I'm sure your audience is somewhat aware of, of your story. You're someone who had to grind to get to get a beat job and to get into mm-hmm. a position where you could get that one-on-one access after uh, after a practice or a game through the PR guys. But for a while there, you had to grind and get pull side guys pregame in locker rooms. Mm-hmm. And that was all your stories are based off you doing that and that you're yep. doing that is how you got your opportunity as a beat writer. So I feel bad for those guys who are crying and trying to make it in this industry. Right. Um, Cause they're not going to get those opportunities to, to do what you did.
1: That's right. And there is, there is that trickle down effect. Right. And uh, this whole just, and now you and I being in our position, Connor for our newspapers to survive, because we're beat writers, we have to produce content every single day Oftentimes, how many times this season, Connor, have have you just used the locker room at the end of a game to report something that you were going to write, you know, a day, two, three days ahead because you knew that might be the only chance you had? Where and if you start taking away these extra opportunities for us, and by the way, I, like press conferences after the game or whatever, but you only talk about the game. You don't. It's mm-hmm. not the time to write the profile, okay? It's that's not the time yeah. to ask that hard-hitting question about, you know, what was it like growing up here. Uh, but it, well, it, well and, to be it, fair, it, it might, it might be now these practice. Well, it, it may be, it, <laughs> it, might, it be might be now because there's, and no then everybody access. writes the same, right. And then might, that might, everybody just writes that profile, you it, know, and, the and next they're time.
0: all, and they're all going to
1: suck. They're all going <laughs> to suck mean, because it's going to be you know, that stuff. And, and just so again, just to, to, to keep this trickle down effect going, if, if we lose that access, the, if the three of us lose that sort of access and now we can't produce as much content, let alone as quality content that people are willing to pay our newspapers for, then what happens then to the newspapers, right? Like this is just – again, like the sports sections are money makers for a lot of these newspapers. And if you start dwindling the quality of that content, then I really do worry about what happens to this it, this media it industry. It becomes because like very you said, easy for a I place –
2: It becomes very easy for a place like the Merc to say, hey, Wes, we're not sending you on the road this season because we don't see the value in it because you're not getting access anyway, you know, and that's
1: that's a huge deal. Yeah, my bosses hear that. All right. That's enough Doomsday stuff. Let's get out of this segment. We'll do a lightning round of just some other random questions that have been bugging me next. This is Lockdown Warriors.
2: Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable
0: as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic
1: turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details.
0: Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new, lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: All right, guys, lightning round. I got a few questions for you. The first one, uh, just sort of on the heels of our media conversation here, where are you guys getting most of your coronavirus information? Because it's everywhere. We're inundated with it. TV, newspapers, Twitter. What is it? Where are you going? Uh, Connor, where are you getting most of your coronavirus information?
2: Uh, I'm kind of old school in that I go to the New York times and Washington Post every day. So that's kind of, that's kind of been where I I'm getting my information. I'm also on Twitter all the time. So when I see something pop up on Twitter that interests me, I click on it, but uh, I I always have made the Washington post and New York times a daily staple. And, and I've, I've been extremely impressed with, with their coverage throughout all this.
0: um, Across the board. Um, don't know how much i want to give away here i i, I certainly read those um i still spend... like a secret publication that you're not telling us about yeah no it's okay well like, I'll, I'll be very blunt here uh i'm someone who uh is very uh pro opening a lot of stuff up um i don't necessarily subscribe to mainstream stuff with science because i find I, I, I'm lucky enough to where I have people in my life who are very well-versed in this and will uh, very aggressively scold me for being ignorant and stupid. And um, it's it's incredible, the sort of um, clickbaitiness of some of this stuff. So what I, I do is I spend... I'll read that kind of thing. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time reading mostly financial news. Uh, there's a certain level of... um cut to the pointness that, that comes with it. It's a very yeah. curt sort of uh, news in general. Uh, I'll spend, uh, it, it does feel like most of the mainstream stuff is just so concerned with Trump, whereas it's, it's like he's kind of taking himself out of the goddamn picture. So what what about the science of it? Stat News, S-T-A-T, I believe it's all cap, has been a, a tremendous resource. There are a couple of um, pretty good doctors uh, on Twitter that have been pretty good. The UCSF guy is pretty good. Um, there's a few others. I am not into that. Uh, Andy Slavic Slavin guy. Um, I don't know. It, It just, I'm trying to avoid people projecting virtue onto this situation. Like it is a very real problem. It is, uh, I I'm, I'm in no way trying to diminish the severity of the entire operation, but it is a science issue, uh, that is being muddled down by politics and morons. And, um, so I spend a lot of time with stat. I, I do, I spend a lot of time on like the coronavirus subreddit and knowing that most of it is probably bunk, but there are some very interesting things there, but it, there's no one place that I have found yeah. to be comprehensive. And
1: you said something um, interesting there though, yeah. with the Trump, with the, with, with this, I, I agree. So to agree with, I do go to the Washington post and the New York times yeah. every morning. I, I read it for 45 to 60 minutes every morning. And and that's where I'm – it's mostly that stuff, and I'll throw some sports things in there too. Right. Uh, but to your point, with you had, you made a couple of points. The business stuff, I do tend to go to these business things too. Because I got my start in business reporting, so I get mm-hmm. it. Like that is – it is curt. It is blunt. It is just like here are the numbers. Here are the facts. Now leave me alone. Right. Uh, now go do your job, right? But right. It, as far as the the mainstream stuff sort of piling on Trump – Trump more than deserves it, in my just humble opinion. Oh here. no, no, no! I'm, I'm but with you it does, on that. They deserve no, i know, it, I know like, you. I know what you does are. that
0: have to do with anything? Like, You're right. No, it is. There's no actual reporting.
1: It's just spectacle. You're right, and and I do. I go back to what was it, three, four weeks ago? That CBS reporter who got into a uh, who was like the witness to Trump's, you know, uh, infamous meltdown after he showed the propaganda video thing, right? Um, and and she was just sort of the target of his meltdown. And it did feel like I, I, look, I stopped watching the press conferences. I couldn't oh, do it yeah. anymore. I was watching the press conferences, and it just felt like after that, every reporter from every other out mainstream outlet was trying to sort of do the CBS thing, was trying to one up mm-hmm. her, and, and just mm-hmm. try sort of like now, no, no, now do it to me. Throw the tomatoes at me now, Donald Trump. Like it was, right. it was so, it was so uncomfortable that I do feel like it. we've gotten away from some of the point. What and so. So yeah, I just I'll, and I'll be
0: I'll be tight here. But there's uh, there's two other points that I do want to make clear as to how I I view this. One, I I view things on a worldwide scale. And I try to view them on a local scale. So I'm not even talking just California, I'm talking Bay Area. So I've been reading a lot of the Kron, I've been reading a lot of the Merck. We have a wonderful science writer at the Merck to to plug it there and the Kron always does an outstanding job. Um there's a there's a reason it's a damn good paper. So th- those two have been fantastic, but I found the LA Times has been uh very hit and miss if I'm being totally honest uh, it will get very sensationalized they had a report the other day on uh, virus, the virus mutation and they just completely missed the point in the name of a big headline um, so mm-hmm. there's that and then with the national stuff okay well we're all dealing with the same virus okay yeah sure it's mutating to a certain degree but we all know it's still novel everywhere right and so I spend a lot of time reading um, specifically about vitamin D deficiencies and correlations on studies to that. Um, that's something that I've been, uh, very keen on for several months now. And, um, what's the other one? Uh, nicotine, <laughs> the nicotine studies I find absolutely fascinating. And when France comes out with their full study, uh, I, I can't wait. I think it's in three weeks to see if that is or isn't, uh, I've been lucky enough to read some very interesting scientific minds on that and their thought that it, uh, will, in fact, be uh, positive, as counterintuitive as it it seems. It seems perfectly 2020 that smoking could help you from the coronavirus. And then um, the third one is any study that you could get as it pertains to masks. And... um, and the spread, I mean, it's an airborne respiratory disease. So probably covering up your damn mouth and your nose seems like a pretty good idea. If everything is being transferred via aerosol droplets, uh, maybe we should right. cover that all up. So uh, we're very lucky living in the Bay Area that there was an extremely aggressive lockdown uh, that bought and, and we've seen the lockdowns pretty much everywhere. The lockdown doesn't do anything except buy people time. OK, and at a certain juncture, the the curve has been flattened to a point. Um, so what did we do with that time? And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm on stage two guys. I, I need to know what it is we're going to do to get going here again. Not because of the economic stuff for me personally, though. Certainly that is the number one, number two, number five issue for everybody else out there. Um, more to the effect of, Are we just going to like, head us it over? Are we just going to keep spinning our wheels and hope for a miracle. Or are we going to friggin' do something? And, uh, so I appreciate reading about people who are at least trying stuff.
1: And, and you mentioned phase two there, which is sort of the, the soft reopening of retail shops. There's curbside service now. Phase three is going to involve the opening of gyms. Uh, we're finally going to be able to get our hair cut, um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, right? Uh, but, Connor, you and I, a big part of our routine during the regular season was – Finish the game, finish our work, and then go find whatever bar was open for some food and some and some beverages. Right, Get some Thai food, how, yeah. Mostly, oftentimes Thai food. Yes. Uh, how um, how comfortable? When do you think you'll be comfortable just dining in, going to a bar? Are you ready for that uh, now? Honestly, or? I would do it today.
2: Uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> I need to do it so badly. I it's one of the things I miss most about pre-quarantine life is just the simple joy of working at a coffee shop or uh you know having a beer at a bar with a with a good friend and having a good conversation i really miss that and of course i'm gonna be safe about it i'm gonna try to practice social distancing while doing that but if if lucky 13 the bar down the street from my house (laughs) was open right now i would be there the second after we finish this call Dude, I've I, I've already been knocking on
0: the
1: door for the last couple of weeks. And, and I, no I one's and Dieter
2: would meet me there, and we'd have a pint. It'd be great. And it's,
1: we, um, and you guys would just yeah. scream at each other from six feet away. Like that's, I guess. <laughs> wait, how I, would
0: how I, would that change my normal tone?
1: <laughs> Fair point. All right, <laughs> um, let's get out of here on this. Um, yeah. Sell me Dieter on Alameda over San Francisco because the two of you, for our listeners, both live in Alameda. Not to give away. I'm not gonna give away your addresses. Um, In fear you don't of the my, know my address. Uh <laughs> That's true. I guess. Um, and then I, of course, live in San Francisco. Tell uh, yeah. me, Dieter, I'll meet over San Francisco. Well, if you've got to socially distance, you're going to want some space.
0: And uh, let me tell you, uh, it's a little bit warmer over here. That is a positive for some. I played, I, I played golf in San Francisco yesterday. You're never beating those views, man. I played Lincoln Park Golf Course, I had the Golden Ooh. Gate Bridge, I had the entire city. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, San Francisco is a city unlike any other. I'm so very fortunate and lucky to live proximate to it and, and having lived in the city there. But there, you, you just don't get those big city hassles, man. You don't. You, yes, there's some hubbub that, you you know, you're going to miss out a little bit on. But we're, we're of a certain age now, you a little less than, than myself. But like at a certain juncture in time, you just want to be able to put your feet up. Enjoy a little bit of space, enjoy a little bit of fresh air, be able to walk along the beach a little bit without having to fight 400 people walking along one path. Um, you want to be able to go to the Trader Joe's without it turning into a small mutiny on the ship. Like there's just certain conveniences to this weird suburban, like quasi suburban lifestyle we got going on over here on the island that I'm not trading for anything, especially during a period where we're just working from home. And it's like, geez. And we all as writers, I mean, you guys are certainly out and about and use, you know, Chase Center and, um, and uh, certainly other arenas and practice facilities as an office more than I do. But I'm home a lot. I've, I've already been working from home since forever. So I, I need a little bit of room to stretch. I need a little bit of room to compartmentalize. I don't like being stacked on top of myself. And if that means I got to commute a little bit longer yeah, it sucks. Certainly sucks when, when traffic's coming back and, and, you know, you have to wait on the bridge for an hour and stuff like that, but there's the ferry. There's plenty of, you know, there's plenty of things to do. And by the way, you know, getting, getting around the city in and of itself, uh, you want to avoid these buses. You want to avoid these muni trams. You want to avoid the BART. Like you can stand outside on a, on a boat. You're not getting Corona out there. You got 60 mile per hour winds coming into your face. Like, I don't know what you can capture in that thing. So, um, it is, it is the be all the end all man I Connor and I we got to figure it figured out I mean you yeah. listen there's a lot of good stuff going on in San and Francisco Dieter. but you got to come out
2: Dieter's being modest. He has a really, he owns a house, like a, a nice house uh, with <laughs> a backyard and everything,
0: uh, <laughs> an which <laughs>
2: I'm guessing you wouldn't be able to do in San Francisco. Um,
1: well, like, yeah, that address support. that you can give us. We
0: were literally, we were literally having this conversation, my fiance and myself, because uh, she works at Google. Uh, to the surprise of very few, because uh, I own a house, someone had to be making more money than me, and uh, it's she has to work from home until the end of the year. I mean, not like the NBA season or like 2021 is the first reasonable date that she will be back in an office. And she works in San Francisco every day. And we had a a pretty – good apartment in san francisco we've had a great apartment in oakland that was bigger than that and one of the reasons we moved out there is along with my commutes to santa clara and at the time the warriors practice facility in oakland but now that we just have this space yeah the commute sucks it's not horrendous it's not like we're driving you know along the peninsula every day or anything like that but like having some space having some fresh air uh having a you know the a little bit of marine layer but not the whole damn thing every day is it's just been fantastic i i I know that you know Wes. You're you're a very metropolitan kind of guy, but I, I don't know how you're handling it right now. Everybody stacked on top of each other, especially when it's going to start to get hot here. That's just
1: it's just rough goings,
0: man. You gotta you gotta flee to the to the island.
1: I guess you just when you live in the city as long, or no, I haven't as long as I do. I've lived here less than a year now, uh, but um, I think you just sort of get used to it. You just kind of sure. subscribe yourself to this is just the way society is. It but then have you to obviously be this way. get it does. But then you see the you see the San Francisco Lifers, man, and they just they're never right. Like they're just never <laughs> quite right. There's just there's a little something, little screw loose or or a few screws loose. They just they're never they're never right. And I do What's... think that whole stacked on top of each other type of thing it wears on you after a while. I know it's not long term for me, but I will say this: I enjoy it a lot. But I enjoyed it a yeah. lot more when there was stuff to do when I can go outside and walk to a bar three doors down and then just walk right back to my apartment with with this whole but if it's pandemic life I'm I might be joining you guys in Alameda somewhere
0: dude you always have to prepare for the worst case scenario and the worst case scenario is I'm going to be stuck in wherever I'm living full time forever and ever and uh (laughs) I, I feel very good about that situation, I don't need to leave the compound. And beyond that, with the San Francisco thing, there's a great Patton Oswalt joke about living in New York City, which is as if it's some guy with a hammer just hitting you repeatedly on the head all day, every day for your entire <laughs> life. And you hear that once, and you live in San Francisco. And I was uh, unfortunate to live in San Francisco, and it's it's natural beauty, it, its idiosyncrasies, it's unmatched of all the cities. God, you you couldn't pick a better one. Um, but geez man like it's just the little stuff just keeps twisting the knife keeps hitting that hammer right on the back of your head and listen there's it's not like it's pleasantville out here but you don't have to i mean my biggest issue right now is i have a bunch of crows that live in my backyard that i can't seem to get rid of like what what am i
1: complaining well they've they've been on the pod they've been on the whole podcast but uh yeah you is it bad that you didn't talk me out like all those things you just said about san francisco made me like it even more it is the knife it is the hammer and it is always constant and i kind of like that so maybe it says more about me
0: i i did the punk rock thing let me tell you it wears thin after a while Uh, at
1: a certain
0: point you gotta take the edge off smooth those edges baby
1: all right uh remember to subscribe to new episodes of locked on warriors on apple podcasts spotify and google podcasts if you can rate us review us say nice things about us when we get done here you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of other locked on network podcasts remember to use the promo code locked on to get ten dollars off of your first box of built bars at builtbar.com theater they're keto friendly thanks for listening stay safe